Hey, welcome to service. How y'all doing? Thank you. If I have to have energy, you guys do too. You don't want me to come with tonight. We'll be talking about Jesus Christ. Thank you for coming. No, man. We're here. We can celebrate. The Lord wants us to have a good time. You did just get done worshiping the Lord. Thank you for the one row of guys that moved forward. And the rest of you still in the back. Jesus loves you too. Okay. Hey, how many of you were at XA Games on Friday? Okay, boys and girls, if you were not there, you missed the most epic game of XA games of all time. I mean, that was by far the closest game we have ever had in our lives. Once again, even if you don't like running around chasing people, that night is a good night and we have a good time. Please, join us. We want you to come to service. We want you to live life with us. We want to do things together as a community. Also, congratulations to the pink team for holding on to the win. Hey, tonight we are going to jump into things pretty quickly here. We started our theme of refresh this year based on Psalms 23. And we spent the last couple weeks really focusing on the first verse of that Psalms, the Lord is my shepherd, I have all I want. Uh, what have we learned so far about our good shepherd. Well, the first week uh, we looked at Luke chapter 15 and the story of the lost sheep. From that, we saw that the shepherd is right. He is a knowledgeable and wise shepherd who knows how to take care of his sheep. From that story, we also learn that the shepherd searches for us because each and every one of us are lost. And we can't get ourselves unlost, so we need his help. And then last week, we looked at John chapter 10, the story of the Good Shepherd. And from that, we learned that our shepherd is trustworthy. And our trust in him is built on truth, because he always shoots us straight. And he, we can trust him because of his actions or sacrifice for his sheep. I love Jesus' story and illustration from last week. The story of the good shepherd and his sheep has so much to say about who Jesus is and who we are as his followers. I, I love Jesus because Jesus is deep, okay? Jesus is the proverbial onion. You think you have everything figured out, you peel it back, there's another layer. Boom! you got another layer. That's why we really encourage you to spend time reading God's Word and going back to it because, well, I've read it before. Guess what? The Holy Spirit might reveal something new to you and deeper at this time. And so, uh, we looked at this, uh, the Scripture last week and we saw that uh, we, should always, hold on, we should always listen to Jesus, correct? The answer is yes. Yes. He is the Son of God. I, I do want to really encourage you, though. We should especially pay attention when Jesus repeats himself. And we should pay special attention to that because it's usually a foundational truth that is essential for our faith. In John chapter 10, we see that Jesus repeats himself three times by calling himself, 
I am the truth. I am the gate. And I am the good shepherd. All very powerful statements that Jesus repeats and then he later summarizes in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Okay, just honestly, most of the time I feel pretty good about how thorough I am with the Scriptures. I like to really dig in. And I feel like once I cover something, we're pretty good to go. But occasionally, the Lord says, hey, hold up, Tom. There's something else that really needs to be brought out to my people. And uh, I guess you would call this a little uh, Holy Spirit check in your heart. And so I went back and I looked at the story of the Good Shepherd again and I just asked the Lord if there was something else that He wanted to say to you guys. And so I looked at all the subjects that Jesus repeated in this illustration and one word really stuck out to me. You see, it wasn't repeated once, it wasn't repeated twice, but four times in this text. And specifically, this word was repeated three times in the first five verses. And that word is voice. Specifically, His voice. Jesus' voice. And so if you'll indulge me tonight, we're going to stay in John chapter 10 for one more week. On the plus side, I've already kind of set it up for you, so I don't have to go into as much detail as I did last week. Um, quick little plug here. It, we understand you guys get busy. We understand that you have tests. Maybe work. There are times that you will not be able to make it to service. We've thought about this. We record each and every sermon that we do every week, and we put it on our website, MizzouXA.com, under talks. So we want you guys to stay up with this series. We want you to be consistently refreshed by the Lord, and that way you can actually can know what we're talking about the next week you come. And so, quick setup. John chapter 9. Jesus does a miracle. You got a blind man who is minding his own business, kind of sitting on the side of the road, and all of a sudden Jesus goes up to him, slaps mud in his eyes, tells him to go wash off his eyes, and when the man does, he can see. He's happy. He's thrilled because he was born blind. And this changes his life. And so, he expects other people to be happy. He's incorrect. He finds that the people and the Pharisees question his healing. They question him so much and get angry at him for what God did in his life that they actually kick him out of their church. Even though he's been physically healed, he's still being rejected by the people that are supposed to help him the most. And so... You see the man, he is cast out. But Jesus finds him. He speaks to this man. Finally, this man sees Jesus face to face. The man who healed him. And in that moment, he believes and he follows Jesus. This sets up the teaching that we see in John chapter 10 about the good shepherd and his sheep. Jesus' voice 
played a huge role in the healing of the blind man and the illustration of the good shepherd. I mean, how does Jesus first interact with the blind man? Not rhetorical. He speaks to him. He does throw mud in his face too. <laughs> then he speaks to him. Later, when Jesus found the blind man, how did the man know it was Jesus? By his voice. You see, the man knew Jesus' voice before he knew him as a Savior. See, up to that point, the blind man had no idea what Jesus looked like. And please understand me, if you've been blind your whole life, you're going to have a pretty acute sense of hearing. Especially when a guy throws mud in your eyes. And especially when that same man causes you to see. I guarantee you that's not a voice that you're going to forget. The man heard Jesus. He saw Jesus. And he believed. You see, that's a progression that occurs that leads to salvation. And it all begins with hearing God's voice. And so, let's, knowing that, let's go ahead and go over to John chapter 10. I'm just going to read the first five verses tonight. I think we got the words on the screen behind me. Okay. Starting in verse 1. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The, gate op the gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him, because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. The first thing I want you guys to understand tonight is that Jesus is recognizable. Jesus wants to be known and he wants his sheep to know him. You know, honestly, I think too often we think that God is some distant, untouchable being hanging out on a cloud somewhere. He may like you, but we don't really believe that He loves us. He cares about us. We don't really believe that He is here in this room or He's living inside of you. But He is. And yet, we have trouble bridging that gap between that truth. He is here in how we live. How many of you guys, just honestly, you think your behavior would be different if Jesus was sitting right next to you right now? I do. I'm not, I'm not that holy, okay? I'm not that good. If Jesus was hanging out, I would behave differently. I believe that our behaviors, our actions, the things that we do, would be dramatically different if we could really comprehend this truth and make it a part of our lives. All the things that we read in the Bible would be a lot easier to do. Don't be afraid. 
I can do that. He's standing right here. Trust me. I can do that. He's standing right here. Obey my commands. Okay, you're standing right there. I will. The fact is, Jesus wants us to know him and recognize when the shepherd shows up in our lives. King David makes it clear in that first verse in Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd. He is a personal shepherd. I have all I need. He is not some distant God. He is a personal God who wants to be actively involved in every area of our lives. I'm not going to get into it tonight, but just honestly, I think a lot of us like to compartmentalize our lives. I have church Tom. I have work Tom. I have school Tom. I have family Tom. I have relationship Tom. And a lot of times... We don't let Jesus into every area of our lives. That's not how shepherding works. He doesn't just shepherd us towards the food. He doesn't just shepherd us in the areas that we want. See, Jesus wants to shepherd every area of our lives. He wants each of us to say that He is my shepherd. And Jesus wants us to recognize our shepherd. And that starts with recognizing his voice. Voices are very unique. Even when there are a lot of people in a room. Okay. I'm going to take you back a few years here, okay? Believe it or not, way back in the day, Tom was actually a good athlete. I know it's crazy. I ran track in high school. I ran track in college. Had a small scholarship. Turns out, Well, I was really good in high school, then you get to college and life gets real. Uh, But, in high school, I ran the 200. I loved it. I was focused, I was good at what I did. You go into a meet, and I still remember, there was this big, huge meet at Missouri State. I mean, we're talking a bunch of teams. I don't even remember. The stands were packed, and... We were up against a lot of good competition, my relay team. And so I was out on the track. And I was running, you know, the third or second. And so you get in the mode. I don't know if all athletes do. I asked uh, Jared beforehand. Before every race, I'm listening to music. I'm focused, you know. (sighs) You know, just get across that line. Don't worry about everyone else. You do your job. We're going to win this thing. There are days when you're an athlete when nothing can go wrong. You can shoot. You will make everything. There are other days, eh, not so much. This was my day. This was my day. And I felt it and I knew it. I got the handoff. And I just took off. And I mean, in all humility, I destroyed the people around me. I mean, just crushed it. I mean, you have enough peripheral vision, and you can feel, and when you're in track, you feel when someone's coming up on you. There was nothing. There was nothing. And I'm on the straightaway, running with everything. And I'm, I'm laser-focused. And the stands were packed, and you hear, you hear some noise, you know. And, was, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my thing. And all of a sudden, I'm getting 
cr- towards the line were probably within about 30 yards of handing it off and stuff. And all of a sudden, I hear this loud, distinct voice from the crowd. And, I, and you're not supposed to look. You're supposed to be concentrating. But I looked, and it's my mom. My 60-year-old, 59-year-old mother, who's about yay big, screaming at the top of her lungs, Go, Tommy! Run, Tommy! And my coach is staying next to her, and I can kind of see him. From that point on, he called me Tommy for the rest of my high school career. And I just remember thinking, I hate when she calls me that. (laughs) And yet, with hundreds of people cheering and screaming, I was able to pick out my mom from the crowd. Because she was loud. And she was very distinct. And so I noticed her. Let's jump back into the story here. This week's sheep fact for you. Sheep can't see well. Specifically, sheep do not have good depth perception. They can't see what's right in front of them. To make up for their bad vision, sheep do have very good hearing. And they can actually identify specific voices. You have to imagine, you got all these sheep hanging out in the pastures. They would be grazing. And often these sheep or excuse me, these pastures would be shared by multiple shepherds. So you got everyone's sheep was all up in there and you don't know whose is whose. And you let them eat all day. You let them hang out. And then at the end of the day, the shepherd will go out and he'll yell to his sheep. And those sheep could identify their specific shepherd. And they would head in that direction. They couldn't see the shepherd. They had bad vision. But they knew where to go when they heard his voice. We see the same scenario played out when the shepherd enters the sheepfold in verse 3. The sheep recognize his voice and come to him. I think many of us, we want to see Jesus before we'll follow him. We want to him to prove that he is real. Jesus, if you want me to do this, I don't know, send me a, send me a message. Appear to me. Maybe an angel or something. That'd be kind of cool. And then when we don't see what we want, we believe that God has abandoned us. Or maybe he's not real. The problem is, if we don't know his voice, we will never recognize his work. See, the blind man recognized Jesus' handiwork because he knew Jesus' voice. When we can't identify Jesus' voice in the crowd, his blessings, his attempts to make us happy, they come across as consequence or luck. Students, there is no luck, there's only the Good Shepherd. There's only his refreshing. And we live in a world where there are a lot of voices. A lot of voices that are calling to us, and there are more, but there are at least four voices that are always talking. You have our voice, 
I want this. I want that. I think this is a good idea. You have culture's voice. You should dress like this. You should think like this. This is the right way to do things. You have the enemy's voice. He's always trying to disguise his voice to sound like the shepherd, to try to get you to come to him. And then you have God's voice. Each of these voices call to us, wanting us to believe that their way is best. But Jesus makes it clear that there is only one voice that leads to a rich and satisfying life, and that voice is his. But honestly, it's really confusing. When you got all that noise, when you got the ambient noise going, it makes it very confusing. And so, like my mom, what makes the shepherd's voice unique? What makes it different? Well, first, there is authority in the shepherd's voice. See, the voice is a powerful tool. As many of you know, the voice of people can be used for good or bad and have been many, many times over the centuries. Jesus' brother, James, said that the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. It can set your whole life on fire. See, with any voice, there needs to be a level of responsibility with the one who is speaking. I've been told I have an authoritative voice at times. I think it's because it's a little bit low and I know how to yell well. Um, a few years ago, before Missy and I came here, we were at a church in Springfield and we were helping out. You know, we would do the usher thing. We, would, you know, we were greeters. We, would, we did all that. But one day the pastor came up to me and was like, Tom, Missy, we want you to help out a little bit more. We need you to do me a favor. And uh, we need you to go teach three-year-olds. I'm just going to be honest with you. I love my daughter because she's my daughter. Some people, God bless them, are called to children's ministry. I am not that person. But, you know, want to be nice. I'm like, you know what? I want to help out. Sure, Pastor, we'll, we'll go. And so Missy and I show up on this Wednesday night, and this place was chaos. Like, there was no structure. They had kind of tables, but it was mainly a bunch of plain, and like, they were just going crazy. And I, I'm, I'm not good with that. I like my organizational skills and stuff. Three year olds do not have them. And so it was, it was bad. It was not a whole lot of fun. And there was one kid, Jonathan. <laughs> he was the children's pastor's kid. I'm a PK. PKs are bad sometimes. <laughs> it just is what it is. And that kid, oh my goodness, I'm not sure anyone had ever said no to him, ever. And he was just going ape the whole time. Would not listen, would not pay attention. Finally, Missy's like, all right, we're calling a timeout. We are going to do snack time, because everyone likes that. So, okay, finally. We got them all wrangled up, sitting at a table, you know, had their juice, had their, 
I don't know, animal crackers, if I remember right. And they're eating, and it's like, oh, okay. <sighs> Get a breath really quick. And then Jonathan, who has managed to ignore every word I've said all night, looks at me and says, can I have more juice? And you know what? I obliged the three-year-old. You know what? I figure it will keep him happy for a few minutes longer. So I give him his juice. Couldn't have been three, five seconds after I gave, his ju- gave him his juice. All of a sudden, he jumps up and starts to run away. I'm not saying this is the best way to handle it. I'm not saying you should ever handle it this way. I'm just being honest with you. You see, Jonathan got up to run away, and I did decide to use some authority in my voice. And I'm like, Jonathan! And that kid froze. I can't say 100%, but I'm pretty sure he peed himself a little. Like, you want a juice? Now sit down and drink your juice. Okay. And sat there and quietly drank his juice. It was the most lovely thing that ever happened. It was the best part of that night. Needless to say, Missy and I never went back again. (sighs) There is authority in Jesus' voice. And with Jesus' authority comes Jesus' ability. You see, I I love Psalms 33.9. For when he spoke, God, the world began. It appeared at his command. As we learned last week, nothing that is in existence is in existence without Jesus making that possible. You see, Jesus knows how to use his authority. And our shepherd has the ability to do what he says. This is one of those things that probably some of you need to hear. So perk up just a little bit. Too often, we allow people to speak into our lives that have no authority to. We allow these voices to define who we are. To prophesy the people that we will become. Maybe at some point in your life, someone has said cruel things to you that led you in the wrong direction. Maybe you have someone right now speaking into your ear. Trying to persuade you to do something that you know the Lord wouldn't be happy about. There will always, always be voices calling out to you. Calling out for you to come to them. But we need to remember that there is only one voice that has the authority to speak into our lives. There's only one voice that has the authority to lead our lives. One voice with the wisdom, the knowledge, and the ability to take his sheep to the greener pastures, the abundant life that we were created for, and that is the voice of Jesus Christ. If it's not Jesus, tell those other voices to shut up. You are adults. Take control of 
your life and who you allow to speak into you. It's your relationship. And so while there is authority in the shepherd's voice, there is also comfort in the shepherd's voice. I think too often we believe that authority and comfort can't coexist. That somehow authority means harsh and unpleasant, while comfort means soft and fluffy and loving. You see, authority is tied to someone's position or rank. And in the shepherd's case, He's the owner. He is in charge of us. And unfortunately, I think it's safe to say that we have all experienced someone who has abused authority in our lives. And because of those bad experiences, we fail to see the truth about the Good Shepherd. You see, the authority in Jesus' voice should be intimidating. It should be intimidating to the enemy. We see throughout the Old Testament, when the Lord spoke, His voice thundered. Job 37.5, God's, God's voice is glorious in the thunder. We can't even imagine the greatness of His power. And when the Lord's voice thundered, His enemies were defeated. And so, the authority in God's voice, it will scare off the thief. It will scare off the wolf. But at the same time, that voice brings comfort to his sheep. I've been told I've been, I'm a little intimidating at times. I just need you to know, if you're a freshman, I'm warm and fuzzy. Okay? I am nice. Uh, I'm going to be honest, I'm better with the authority thing. I'm not going to lie. I'm warm and fuzzy for you guys. I love you. If I think something bad's coming for you, you better believe my authoritative voice is going to come out. That's my job as shepherd. But if you need a hug, I'll give you a hug. You may have to actually tell me because I am not aware most of the time. <laughs> I had a girl two years ago come up and just stand in front of me and I'm like, hey, what's up? And Missy pops over my shoulder. She's like, she wants a hug. Oh, and I feel awkward at times. I feel like Baltimore hu hugging Draco and Harry Potter. Ah, uh, hey. I care. You help me, I'll help you. That's the job. Along those same lines, uh, what is the thunder a precursor to? Oh, the rain. Sorry, that's powerful. The thunder is a precursor to the rain that God's going to bring in your life. The refreshing that the Lord has. So be listening for His voice because He has a refreshing for each and every one of us. His sheep know His voice. They can trust Him. And they can know that He's going to take care of them. Where His voice is, the shepherd can be found. That's comforting, folks. And so, how do I hear the shepherd's voice? Well, I mean, first and foremost, folks, that God speaks through His Word. 
In Chi Alpha, we believe in what is called the infallible Word of God. In essence, that is God's Spirit speaking through man to write down the things that we need to know. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 tells us, All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true, what is true to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. If you want to hear God's voice, try starting with his written voice. That's a good place to begin. I know everyone wants God to speak to them in neon lights and fire from heaven. Primarily, God's going to talk to you through his word. He's going to speak to you as you're reading His Word. There are things that are going to pop out that He's going to draw to your attention that you need to understand. A lot of the stuff that we need to know in our lives, He's already wrote down. He made it easy for us. And so, I get a little chuckle. You know, It's like, why should we expect the Lord to speak to us in other ways? when we won't even use the simplest tool He's given to us. Read the Bible. Another way to hear God's voice? God speaks through His people. Proverbs 12.15 Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Many, many times in my own life, Jesus has used godly people to speak into me to hear His voice. As a minister, as a dad, as a husband, I have faced some difficult decisions over the years. And in turn, I have sought out godly men and women to help me discern God's voice. These are people that I know spend time daily in Jesus' presence. Let me be straight with you. I'm very, very picky about who I seek wisdom from. I am picky about whose voice I'm listening to. I have friends who are Christians who I know they don't spend much time with Jesus. I'm not asking their advice. I also know a lot of Christians that only seek advice from men and women that will tell them exactly what they want to hear. I want someone that will tell me I'm wrong. I want someone who will tell me I'm wrong because Jesus has no problem telling me when I'm wrong. It's kind of a paraphrase of, I think, something uh, Francis Chan once said. If our God never tells us we're wrong, the God we might be serving is ourselves. You better be told you're wrong. It's a part of growing up. God also speaks to us through prayer. If you're not familiar with prayer is, we talk to God and then we listen to God. The big problem for many of us is the listening part. We have no problem talking. We talk and talk and talk. Maybe a little whining in there. We talk some more. And then we get mad when God doesn't respond right away even though we haven't given Him a chance to respond to us or He doesn't say exactly what we want to hear. We absolutely believe 
that the Lord speaks to us in our prayer time in this ministry. We believe that Jesus speaks to us through his Holy Spirit. And it's about discerning his voice. It's about listening and being sensitive. One of the best pieces of advice I got about God speaking uh, came a few years ago when we were actually looking for a Chi Alpha house. It was a lot of pressure, just honestly. Uh, we looked at a house that was super, super nice, but was like a mile away from campus. And it was almost a million dollars to be on top of that, too. Let me tell you, your tithes and offerings are not that much, okay? And I had a whole bunch of people, godly people, good people, telling me, you know, this is a good idea, Tom. This is a good thing. And I'm like, I just don't know. And so I sat down with one of my mentors, and I'm like, what do I do? He's like, okay, go back in your life, Tom. In hard situations, difficult circumstances, how did you know that you were doing what God wanted you to do? And it came back to a simple thing called peace. No matter what was going on, no matter what the circumstance was, I knew I was doing what God wanted me to do when I felt peace. Even if the world thought I was crazy. Peace. And honestly, the more I thought about it, whenever I make a bad decision or I've done something wrong, I don't have peace. Guess what? That's also part of the Holy Spirit's job. It's called conviction. That's not a bad thing. Remember, if we want to hear Jesus' voice, it can't just be the things that we want to hear. And so, as we begin to wrap up here, once again, Jesus is a good communicator. You guys understand that, right? If His voice can call the universe into existence, and He is speaking to us, each and every one of us, by name, we can hear His voice. Are there times that Jesus is quiet? Yes, there are. Are there times that we have to wait for an answer? Yes. You see, Jesus teaches us through those moments. But if I'm going to be honest with you, most of the time, it isn't a problem with Jesus' voice. It's an issue of our ability to listen to his voice. It starts with not listening. Not regularly leading, reading his word, seeking godly advice, praying, and listening to the Holy Spirit's prompts. If you aren't doing those things, you're not going to hear God's voice. It then moves on to, we, a lot of times, we're listening for God's voice, but we're so focused on what we want, we're not listening to everything He has to say. We get part of what He wants to say, and we run. That's very frustrating to the Lord. We need to stay for the whole teaching. And then finally... We don't respond to his voice regularly. You see, the responsibility of the shepherd is to lead. The purpose of the sheep is to follow because we know his voice. If we choose to ignore his voice, we don't follow him. The question becomes, are we really his sheep? 
A few years ago, I can say this, it's been enough years, so it's okay to use this example. I had a student come to me and was like, Tom, God's silent. God is silent in my life. I have been praying, but he's not talking to me. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. And in that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me to ask him a simple question. Are you responding to God? And he's like, what are you talking about? Well, all right, Mike, when's the last time you heard God's voice? Well, it was a, two or three months ago. I'm like, okay. What, what did God say? Well, he told me to do such and such. Well, did you? Well, I mean, no, I, I didn't. And honestly, I knew this was a constant problem with this young man. He could hear God's voice. He just never responded to his voice. And so I just told him, at a certain point, when God has spoken to you and you've chosen not to follow him, there's not a whole lot more to say. Students, it's not always about hearing something new from Jesus. It's about responding to his voice in obedience. If you want to hear God's voice on a regular basis, you have to make listening to God, His Word, His people, prayer, the Holy Spirit, and responding to Jesus a lifestyle, not just a situational thing. I know it's basic, but when we don't do these things, our lives and our relationship with Him just become a revolving door. It becomes a roller coaster of when we're in trouble, we head back to Jesus. Lord, help us. Take care of us. And then when things are okay, we don't listen. We don't respond. And, we, and it, why should it be surprising that we can't hear God's voice when we're just using Jesus instead of having a relationship with Jesus? No one likes to be used. Do you like to be used? Do you? Neither does Jesus. He wants a relationship with us. See, Jesus has a voice we can trust. He has the authority, he has the ability to take us where we want to go. But it does take our parts to listen to his voice and actually respond to him. You guys bow your heads.